The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Bar. I'm your host, Margaret Mullen. Today, I am thrilled to have an incredible guest who is a talented dance photographer that I have been admiring from afar for many years. As a disclaimer, she and myself will be sharing some of our political views. We will also be talking about the fact that voting is a bipartisan issue, and we want to urge everyone to exercise their right. But we will be sharing our personal opinions in this episode. This episode will also feature occasional mature language. I'm so happy to welcome famed dance photographer Rachel Neville to the show today. Rachel is a New York City-based dance and movement photographer. A multi-talented artist who utilizes the medium of photography, Rachel is a former dancer and teacher. Her images are informed as much from her dance history as they are from her innate creative vision and her clients' visual needs. She creates unique, powerful, transformative visuals for dance companies and editorial publications that are designed to stop viewers, captivate their imagination, and bring them into the theater. Rachel has spent many years shooting dance for a variety of clients, including Boston Ballet, Complexions Contemporary Ballet, Dance Theater of Harlem, Ten Hairy Legs, and Grishko. And she has deliberately and consciously chosen to perfect a visual style that translates the power and emotion of motion into still images. In the second half of this episode, I'll be speaking with Rachel about her Move the Vote campaign, which I myself have been participating in for the past few weeks. Rachel has created a call to action through Move the Vote. She decided to start a campaign using the dancers and artists in her community to use her voice and allow others to do the same. Her goal is to have dancers and artists everywhere share why they are voting in the midterm elections, sparking a flame to get as many people to the polls as possible this November 6th. The challenge? Use your red lipstick, tell the world why you're voting, take a picture and post it on social media. Be sure to tag Rachel Neville photo, move the vote, and use hashtag move the vote. Then hold three others accountable to vote in this year's midterm elections on November 6th. Her message is powerful yet simple. Whatever your opinions are, go vote, because every vote counts. It is such a pleasure to have this accomplished and passionate woman on the show today. Rachel, I'm so thrilled to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm a huge fan and we're going to dig into a lot and we'll talk about Move the Vote. But I wanted to first talk about your career and how that career began because you do have a background in dance. Is that right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I danced until I was about, uh, I think it was 20 or 21, 21, uh, when I had a knee injury. Um, I was over in Germany at the time, so I uh, did the whole quit high school. There was not online high school back. There was no online at all back then. There was mm -hmm. no internet <laughs> when I was in school. Um, so I quit school to move to Europe to dance. And mm -hmm. um, then when I had my knee injury, I moved back home and finished school and went on to college and all that good stuff. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I have dance back for sure. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a big step to have taken. I think a lot of young dancers today actually don't realize how new that concept is of doing online school because even, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm 
29 and even for me when i was in high school that was not a thing and it, it's funny because i had um a girl that danced at my studio that even just a few years later like maybe four or five years later had that option and she did that and graduated early and did all that stuff and yeah i was i was still in tucson until i was 18 going to normal high school <laughs> so it's uh relative and it's great that that exists now but yeah it kind of makes things it made the commitment a little exactly. larger and scarier yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, my parents freaked out just a little bit, but I said, oh, I'm not going to finish. I think I need to go now. Mm -hmm. I was too tall. I'm five foot eight. Um, so you can imagine 25 years ago, mm -hmm. now five foot eight is not that big a deal. Yeah. But 25 years ago, it was really, I mean, it was exponentially harder to get a job. So off to Europe I went. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I must have freaked them out just a little bit. But. <laughs> That's what you have to do. You, yeah, you had to do it. You had your adventure. And, that, and also, you get, I mean, it's. I feel like in dance, it's it's such a short career and it's such a short path yeah. in so many ways, especially injury-wise. Like, you never know when that's going to happen. So you have to see it through while you can or yeah. that's yeah. kind of it. Um, so you after you stopped dancing, you went back home. What ended up triggering you to pursue photography? Yeah, um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do uh, when I stopped dancing, um, so I played around for a year, I got a job, I finished school, um, and then of course college was in the trajectory, it was a lot of people sort of thought, oh, we should go into acting, we should go into I think two of the common yeah. routes to take, I really didn't want to teach at that time. Um, and then I uh, had picked up a camera a couple of times as a teenager and kind of thought, well, this is cool, but didn't think anything of it. Um, and I had a boyfriend at that point that said, oh, maybe try this again. And I did it, and I was like, oh, I kind of like this. It wasn't like love at first sight. Um, it was more like, well, this is cool, and I can make things. And I like making things. I'm the kind of photographer that I'm not, um, uh, there's sort of, uh, well, there are many different types of photographers, but there's those that sort of capture pictures, more like on the repertoire or for the journalistic side, and then there's those that like make pictures. I'm one of those. Um, and I realized that quite right away. Um, oh, I kind of like doing this, and I like making things. Um, maybe I'll try it. So I applied to colleges and sort of, you know, the typical A-plus dancer kid got mm -hmm. in everywhere, where you want to go kind of thing. Um, and then I was off to the races at that point. But I didn't realize, like, in hindsight, you know, I was the kid. My mother had a dance first store when I was growing up. Um, that was, like, where I hung out and worked while I wasn't dancing. And, you know, I used to stare at the dance magazines. That was our image. Again, no internet, right? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I remember staring at many, many magazines. Yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. When dance magazine was, like, your world at mm -hmm. that time there wasn't even point guys that listening there wasn't even point there wasn't dance spirit there was just dance magazine <laughs> and i used to stare at the covers and look at the pictures inside and uh, oddly now we all laugh about it because there was like 13 year old me going why would they post a shot with the arm coming out of the head and that girl's been sickled and why does it look like it's a little weird over mm -hmm. here and like here's the, you know, the foreshadowing of, of what i would do <laughs> um so i've always an individual person just didn't really realize it. Um, so yeah, then I went to college and I graduated and I started in photography. I didn't, um, I mean, I always shot down the trajectory at that point. I was mm -hmm. living in Toronto. I grew up in Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, and there's less 
especially at that time, dance in Canada than there is down here in the States. Uh, and going on in, in Toronto, there were two or three really good dance photographers, Sylvain Tiefman, I did an internship with her, uh, Shadow was very influential to me. Um, and they kind of had the market shored up, right? So for me, if I wanted to shoot dance, it was going to be recital show photos, you know, like shooting the 200 mm. kids coming through shot in the That's fun <clears throat> in your beginning, but not much fun if you've been a professional dancer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I segued into other areas. I segued into commercial work and weddings and portraits, and I did a bunch of different things, shot a lot of tabletop, tiny bit of food. Um, and I kind of have always sort of meandered into different areas um, for the first 10 years mm. of my career. I shot in a lot of different other areas. I've always shot dance a little bit, but never really thought I could make a career out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard when it's such a good and... You, yeah. Like you said, you have the you have these people that have this incredible you know relationship with these companies already, and the resume to back it up. So yeah, where on earth yeah, do you so go? Where you <laughs> right? Yeah, and it wasn't until my when we moved down here to the states, and I was shooting um, uh, a ton of a ton of other things, and then the crash hit in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and at that point, uh, my business like much tanked because no one was doing marketing all mm -hmm. of the corporations that I was shooting for they, they just bottomed up um, well not bottomed up but they pulled significantly back um, so my husband and I decided well I'm not going to be shooting that much for the next two or three years till this recovers so let's have kids and then the minute I had Orianne my eldest was sort of like wait a second I don't really want to be taking time away from her to shoot things that I don't love so it was at that point that the sort of the light switch flicked and it was like, all right, I think it's dance. Now, how can I make a business off of this? Because I had no idea mm -hmm. how to make a business off of it, out of it, rather. Um, yeah, and that just started it pretty much from mm -hmm. there. And you so were, yeah, and you were in New York at this time? Yeah. yeah moved yeah, to New York. for 12 years. <clears throat> Which, I mean, what a great place to make that decision about shooting dance because, right. I mean, there are just so many dancers in New York and so many incredibly talented dancers in New York so so you just kind of took a gamble and said I'm just gonna attempt to have a dance photography business um so yeah so how was that at the beginning oh my god <laughs> just as I've heard with like most startups ever especially when they're artistically inclined like the scariest experience of and most stressful experience of your life <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, there's that stress of starting a business. Like, or, I mean, I've been shooting freelancing for a while, but it's a different thing to have, like, a location and, mm -hmm. you know, so on and so forth. So, yeah, it's the whole, like, starting a business and starting a creative business to boot is, I personally, I, this may not be the case, but my perspective on it is it's personally twice as hard. Um, and then, you know, I moved to New York with really, I mean, me and my husband did the same thing that everybody else does. We had $5,000 in our pocket. We had no friends, no contacts, no family, nothing. We were so, hi, here we are, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, so it was incredibly challenging because I wasn't networked in. I hadn't danced here. I hadn't gone to school here. I had no friends here. I had no, you know, no professional contacts here. I, we, we started from like basically nothing. Oh. Um, so it probably, I feel like personally, I feel like it took me like three or four extra years 
to get it going had I already been living and working and, and training here or taking classes here regularly or if I was a regular at Steps or if I had danced with OT or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was it was hard. It was I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Don't work. I recommend it. I love what I do. <laughs> it was hard. Yeah, no, I think it's important for people to realize how hard it is if that's something they're thinking about doing. Um, none of these steps are easy steps um, when you're really digging in and trying to follow your passion. Uh, and but my God, that's that's incredible. That's really really incredible that you had to know connections and you've. I mean. For me, you know, I've been dancing professionally for going on 11 years now, and I, you're one of the top photographers, dance photographers in New York to me, like your name is synonymous with like, this is what dance photography in New York is. So to think now, like, I had no idea that you went in and grew that success out of literally nothing, basically, is, that's so remarkable. And I'm just pretty much in awe of that. Wow. <laughs> It's amazing. (laughs) You're fine. Um, I can see you. You look great. Um, But yeah, it's, that is, I mean, such a amazing quintessential New York experience too. It's, I feel like it is a community of people that came just and took a shot, which is, I think the most special thing about New York. And it's, it's amazing to hear the people like you that have just, they took the shot and it worked and it it took just a ton of work to do that but and really honestly what when i talk to my dancers that come through particularly for audition photos uh, or the marketing is that you just you know still left unturned and mm-hmm. you have to keep going and if you have a backup plan mm-hmm. you can't have a backup plan yeah i mean that's basically how i did this there was no backup plan yeah. there was a there was a you know i built my studio on credit cards because we didn't have um, collateral. I didn't mm. own a house. I didn't own a car. We were just surviving, right? It mm. was like, oh God, here we go. $80,000 on credit cards. Can I do this? Yeah. Um, there was no backup plan, but that really sometimes is really what makes things work. It's like, you've got to put it all on the line. Yeah. Um, and I do see that sometimes with dancers who are, who are a little bit like, they're amazing. They're like, oh, maybe I'll go to college. I'm like, well, okay. I mean, I don't mean to say that they're done, but it's really like if you've got a backup plan, then you're not 100%, I feel like sometimes. Yeah. Not 100% committed yeah. to, so. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. That, that survival instinct, that, that will to survive, the will to thrive in addition to that is, I think a lot of people don't give um, artists, generally speaking, enough credit for that to realize that, it, it takes a huge amount of grit to be successful in the arts, especially in a major metropolitan city, because there's so many people there's trying so many to do these things. Um, and so the people that make it have really made it. It's a big deal. And I think I, I when I teach at my home studio, I feel like I often end up talking to the kids and I really try to hammer home the idea of um, the work matters. And it's, it's absolutely 100%. <laughs> it needs to be there. Like it's, it's, you don't just kind of like stumble into these things. And I think there's a big misconception about, oh, well, you know, right place, right time. And not that that doesn't Mm-mm. happen occasionally, it but helps. I'm not going to lie. It certainly helps if you get that one or two things that are like tipping point mm-hmm. things. But uh, in my experience with my business, it's been much, much less that and more just pure, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep mm-hmm. going, keep going. Just keep hammering the nail into the wall, and eventually it goes into the wall. 
but sometimes it's two, three, four years before that nail will go into the wall. And you mm-hmm. just have to, that, that grit to just keep going, I think, is is really, if you want to be successful in the arts, I think it's what's required. Mm-hmm. And I haven't experienced a different way around. Yeah. Yeah. And I think especially in, in the U.S. too, um, you know, we're not, a lot of the arts aren't um, generously government subsidized or anything. There's, you know, there's foundations or things like that. Um, but if you are making the arts your business, a lot of it is going to be up to you. And it's important to realize that and it's important to have um, both a determin- determination and patience to grow it, do the work and watch it grow. And it might take longer than you want. <laughs> That's... As I've worked on my film for several years now, I've heard that from filmmaker after filmmaker that I've talked to. Yeah, it's and all of us. Yeah, any of us, right? mm-hmm. it always yeah. takes longer than you think it will. <laughs> right, and they often say in business, if it, you know, it takes about three years. Oh, it took me a lot longer than three years. It took me a lot longer. Yeah, that's like if everything goes exactly according to plan, <laughs> which life generally isn't quite that way. So. as much as we'd like it to be um yeah and now i mean your business seems to be doing just amazingly you're working with top dancers and also you're educating other photographers um i know a photographer that has taken one of your workshops and just absolutely loved it how did that process begin for you of like okay i've got this going now now i'm going to you know pay it forward to other people trying to do this yeah they started asking wow um and at first, I was a little bit like, are you kidding me? You want me? Like, really? Are you kidding me? You want me? No, that can't be right. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think I'm a teacher by nature. I trained, uh, actually, I paid my way through college for photography. Um, through teaching, I became certified um, to teach in Kennedy. Most often, you have to be certified to teach ballet. Um, so I went through that process, and I had an amazing teacher and mentor. Um, who really worked with me on the ins and outs of like the psychology of teaching and, and neuroscience of it and so many other aspects of it that sort of come across, I think, in my shooting in general. Anyway, um, that I think teaching photography was a natural progression for me on that front. But definitely when people started asking, I was like, no. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> well, this will teach you all that stuff. She does that. She's amazing. Oh my God. Right. And then people, then we kept getting asked. And then I said, okay, why not? Let's try it. I can't, you know, I can't hurt. I'll try. Um, and then the odd thing was, is we, we had the first workshop I taught. It was not a workshop, actually. It was a, or I did a couple of individuals first. And I loved it. And it was almost, not quite, but almost as much fun as shooting to see the photographers light up and say, oh, that's how you do that. Oh, that's why you do that. And and it was super fun. And they got turned on by it. And then, then we turned it into a workshop. And then that first workshop was super crazy fun. Um, And we were just getting people who really wanted to either up their level in dance photography or they really wanted to just learn and be in that environment. Um, and, and so we weren't, you know, it's not like teaching under school setting where like, you know, maybe there's a couple of really keen people in the class and the rest are just kind of there. It was like everybody just really wanted to be there and it made it a wonderful experience for me. And then I started becoming more and more passionate about 
realizing the busier I got, the more I wasn't going to be able to service as much as I would love to, right? Uh, I wasn't going to be able to service every dancer everywhere in the United States. Mm -hmm. And I'm really passionate about moving dance forward through really good marketing. I think if we can really grab people's attention with really good marketing, that we can put more butts in seats, that we can sell more tickets, that we can elevate our art. Um, and that if dancers themselves market themselves really well um, and put themselves out there, we can have them living at a level that they're not living at right now. It really kills me that dancers get a contract and they're basically poor starving artists. Mm-hmm. I don't know why in this country that has to be the case, <laughs> and I really have to change that, and I can't do it alone. Um, so for me to be able to help other photographers learn how to do this and how to really shoot dancers well has now then become a strong passion of mine so that we can really help dancers and companies and elevate our world to the next level. Um, and that's really how it came about. Wow. Really closely. Yeah, so my workshops are, they're really teaching workshops. They're not, I know there are some out there that's like, here's a dancer and let them run around a little bit. And, oh, here's an arabesque and here's an attitude and everybody just shoot, right? Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> not what these are. They're like, get your hands dirty. You really want to know how to dance to shoot dancers? I'm going to teach you. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. And they've been really, um, I think the really amazing, it's amazing for me to see the growth of the photographers that I've worked with is really lovely. I'm mean, like any teacher, right? You, see, <laughs> you take the babies and then you see them grow and you're like, oh my God, that's a good shot. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's always very exciting. So, yeah. Yeah. It's so exciting for me to sort of continue. I mean, I don't tell them, but like I kind of keep following them um, a little bit to see how they, how they're doing, how they're growing. I'm always growing. I'm always learning new things. I'm always searching for the next or fine-tune this, fine-tune that, try a different modifier, do this, and trying to elevate my work. So it's super exciting to see them do the same. That's awesome. Well, Well, that's a great thing about art, right? Generally speaking, there's always more to learn. That's, I mean, that's one of my favorite things about dance. Like, the work is truly never done. Um, And if you can find the right way of looking at that, it's, like, a really beautiful, exciting thing. Because you're like, wow, I, I, like my until, you know, the day I step out of the studio for good, like, the evolution really isn't over, which is... Very cool. It's really? you don't just stop. You don't plateau, no. or you shouldn't try. You should try not to plateau. <laughs> Do anyway. I can't speak for anybody else. But my mm-hmm. experience in this, so I support. Mm-hmm. Um, much to the chagrin of my staff and my husband, they're like, "If you just monetize what you do now, just stick with it. Just watch out." I'm like, "No, I'm bored. On to the next." I, I get so, that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> but you can really. I mean, and it comes. Across you said it, it's not dance i mean theoretically can be a point and shoot situation like they said do that arabesque and like that's the point of you know when you're a kid and you're like trying to get into a summer course and you did a first arabesque photo and it's like your friend's mom taking the photo like that's what happens you know but i mean dance is a visual art form and there's a lot to be captured through photography in that way too it's it's movement it's personality it's emotion it's all of that and it's incredible to see people that have found a way to capture all of that, like yourself. It's yeah. it, it speaks volumes about the dancer it, themselves. It's not about like oh that foot or oh that position or oh, you know you you really see a person, which is yeah. beautiful. I think that's so important. I think that's so important because you know a shoe is a shoe is a shoe is a shoe. But if you find seven different ways to shoot that shoe, and then you have that shoe speak to you in a way that makes you go, whoa, I want that shoe. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what we're doing. Right? Yeah. 
Um, and you do that through the art of the personality and the emotional content and the, and the movement quality, and and that's when it gets good. Mm-hmm. That's when it gets and I think, yeah, like you said, too, it's, it's a great tool to not only highlight individuals, but for organizations to realize that, too, that what they're using for their marketing is important that way. Because I always think about this, especially, you know, I, growing up in Tucson, it's not a huge dance community by any means. They have a company there that's attached to the school I grew up with, Ballet Tucson, that does really well. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot more work to educate the community about what what is dance really and it a lot of people don't understand what they're about to see and they think it's any ballet they go to see ever is going to be sleeping beauty <laughs> and or no cracker and that's in at the end you know that's the amount of um energy that they're going to get out not and those ballets are beautiful but um i think there's a different level of energy and physicality that we're exploring now in performances that photography is so essential to in marketing because I you know it's like if, if you have an opportunity like you're passing a bus stop and there is an ad and it's just someone some girls standing there in a tutu and like it's, it's beautiful and everything but if you you're gonna shock people and really intrigue them if you can get something really dynamic on there that is like wow this is like an this is an athletic endeavor this is an emotional thing like i feel something from that image like what what is this this is ballet what you know that's exactly what to do um the analogy that you use is uh, your bus stop analogy is my subway poster analogy right <laughs> think about how many subway posters for movies that you see on a day or for here at us in new york on a daily basis because i take the subway to work um and the ones that stop and grab you, you have a much more, you have a much higher rate of going to, right? Even if the, even if that movie got panned, mm-hmm. if you thought that marketing was really cool, or it grabbed you in the commercial, or it grabbed you on the poster, chances are you're probably going to go still buy a ticket to it, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, not to say that we that dance part, um, dance performances, don't get me wrong on that, mm-hmm. but how it just illustrates the image. Mm-hmm. It illustrates the fact that when the market and it is done right, you're grabbing people, you're getting them in the door, you're getting them to buy those tickets, you're accessing them on a different level. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think maybe, I, I know that companies that don't necessarily have the budget to spend on a larger marketing department sometimes miss the miss out because they are not aware of or the neuroscience behind it or you know all those bits and pieces that I think factor into developing your audiences and getting them more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's no, so it's important. yeah, it really is. It's it's why my husband and I took our honeymoon this summer when we were in London and we were in the theater district and there's this poster after poster of all the shows, all the plays, all the musicals that are happening. And just, and I remember we passed this one wall of a building that was just line to line and there was one that caught our eye in a huge way. And we're like, and we ended up going to see it just out of the blue, completely on a Tuesday night. We're like, and it was amazing. It was like Alfred Molina come to find out who was, you know, an icon of theater, but to be, we really lucked out, but it was, it was because the image was so different. Everything else kind of started to blend together. And that one we're like what what is that? researching it pulled it up online a few times like it, it got us immediately to dig in i went to the theaters asking questions about that the play to the people at the box office like it was all because we just stumbled upon this poster on the street <laughs> we were not planning on going <laughs> uh 
to like the opposite of what you're talking about, there's one particular company in New York that won't name names, but honestly, I can't believe that I've lived in New York and never bought a ticket to see them. And their marketing is the same over and over and over and over again, and it just like it doesn't grab me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't interest me to go and see them, and that makes me really sad. Now, part of let's be let's call it spade a spade. Ninety percent of the reason why I don't go out to see more dance is because I have and I'm running a business, and like there's just not enough hours in my day. <laughs> You're a little, a little um, busy, right? <laughs> and they're grown up and I'm going to take them to see things I'm going to buy a ticket and go like you know hands down but there really haven't been any for this particular one that I'm thinking of there there hasn't been any marketing that's like on oh my god I need to see that show what's going on there yeah no it's true it, it gives you the impression that if you know if the marketing then what can I possibly expect out of you know Full package situation. Like if if that if they're phoning it in, it it, it gives it gives a stronger vibe that people realize what they're. So. Yeah, and and like you said, it's it's some you know, it's hard to make it to live performances. Sometimes it can be really expensive to make it to live performances. So it's really important that you know the images for these companies really intrigue and get them to make to make that step or they're you know even if they've gone as far as researching and they're sitting there and they're like looking at the ticket to hit buy or not you know what have you done to really make them click that button and same for dancers too you know we're in a social media age a lot more dancers are out you know it is a thing to think is what sets me apart as a dancer where people are going to be following me and and myself through these images that I'm posting because you know Instagram is pictures like captions mostly uh, the first thing that they're seeing when they're scrolling through their feed is you know yeah, what am what am I looking at yeah and I it's the world we live in like mm-hmm. you know, I don't love it that I spend so much money <laughs> so I don't I don't know anybody that actually does honestly um, and it's the and it's the way it works. And I think, uh, well, I, I I wholeheartedly agree that I wouldn't ever want dancers' emphasis in their worlds and their careers. Like I don't want to see ever people sitting in a studio taking pictures of themselves for their Instagram feed instead of paying attention to what's going on today or focused on <laughs> rehearsals and that kind of thing into detracting from their work, I Mm -hmm. guess is what I'm trying to say really there. Um, I wholeheartedly agree with that, but I also am very passionate that there are a lot of dancers who let's call a spade a spade. You get your first contract and you're pretty much still a four-star artist. And what can we do to augment that? How Mm -hmm. can we offset that? Is it through modeling contracts a little bit here and there? Is it through uh, things like what you're doing, you go home to your home studio and teach and give extra outside workshops. Mm-hmm. Um, where else can we have these dancers become known for up their, up their visibility, up their voice, up their, you know, to the point where principal dancers, in my opinion, should all be giant celebrities. Not quite sure why that is actually not the case in this country, but in my opinion, my little tiny me. <laughs> you know, they should be made, you know, they should be on par. They should be having, you know, and I, and, and 
I, I think anything that we can do, unfortunately, the dancers aren't making the kind of money that they, they, they really can subsist off, at least for the first few years, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and what can we do to augment that? What can we do to offset that? And this is the world we live in. It's marketing. Yeah. It's Instagram. Yeah, I have I have two colleagues that are you know, a little younger than I am that have earned their on Instagram into modeling contracts, and it is helping them pursue. And especially one of them has a lot of interest in doing outside projects, but is quite young and wants to choreograph more, wants to participate in this, that, and the other. But um, you know, it's it's going to be that extra income from modeling that's going to make that possible. Right, and wouldn't we all like to retire at some point? Yeah, that'd be great. (laughs) Not in a terrifying way. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. (laughs) Exactly. Although, one more time, I just have to say I wholeheartedly because I know there's conversations that go around all over the place. Should Mm -hmm. dancers be doing this? Should they not be doing this? And I am on the boat of they should be doing this, Um, but with caution and not to detract from their real work at hand, which is their careers. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think it's uh, if it's done in a respectful way to the work that you are primarily doing. And because, yeah, because I mean, as dancers, like it it takes endless amounts of discipline and concentration and you cannot vacillate on that. You cannot lose that. Um, And never should social media disrupt that environment of focus and growth. So it's just, it's really about, you know, dancers finding you know, the time and the commitment to outside of their, their hours, you know, it's even if it's on like a five minute break or something, but if you're on a break, not when, you're, as you said, supposed to be paying attention. Before you go to class. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, we're on the same page. <laughs> no one out there get distracted by your phone during rehearsal or class. <laughs> That's a big no, no. <laughs> In your photo shoot. No, no, no. Oh, God. Oh, no. Yeah, that's not, I would imagine on your end, that's not great either. Yeah, it's about creating a positive atmosphere around it. Like you, um, you continue to do the work necessary, you continue to keep the discipline that's necessary. And also, I think too, um, you know, we're in the social media age, and it's, important for dancers, you know, older dancers like myself at this point, and um, people that do have just any kind of like, large-ish presence, or you know you have young dancers falling. It's about demonstrating that too, that you're not using it in a distracting way, and that for me, I'm always trying to think of how can I demonstrate that I'm using this platform in a positive way, and for me, even like the things, some of the things I've gained out of social media and having presence is having brand representation. And for me, both of those things, one is with a very eco-friendly brand that supports wildlife preservation. That's something I'm passionate about. So I've, you know, it's, it was a stepping stone in a professional way and in a way of um, something that is genuinely important to me. The other is with an athletic brand. And I think that's, that for me, that's a big step of saying like, wow, you know, let me show you the fact that this is an athletic wear company that's recognizing a dancer as an athlete. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Things like that, you know, I, I, I think we're just, you know, we have to lead by example, <laughs> any of us that are out there doing this in a major way. So yeah. Anyway. Uh, so what is your favorite thing about shooting dancers? And also what are the moments you live for, the, the high five moments, if you will, yeah. when you're shooting. <laughs> uh-huh. 
gosh. I know, there's um, probably so many things. <laughs> I think I have a way with working with dancers that has them really see themselves in a different way. And when they get a shot that feels really great, we get this all the time um, in the studio where the, the conversation is, oh my God, I didn't know I could look like that. Um, and those are pretty awesome moments. Um, usually you've got a really good shot and then there's that, oh my God, I seriously didn't know I was that good kind of thing. Um, dance is inherently a three-dimensional um, art and photography is really not. Uh, you, you look at photography flat on a screen or flat on a piece of paper or flat on a printer or like whatever medium you're for, you know. Um, and so one of the things uh, the things that I've developed over the last the, the course of the last few years is a method by tra uh, translating what looks good in three dimensions into like a flat medium. Um, tons of tips and tricks on how to do that. Um, I talk about it all the time on my blog and my videos and, and that kind of thing because dancers really need to know how to do this well. And I think so many dancers see themselves in pictures all the time that are not good pictures simply because they haven't modified what they do in three dimensions for the flat screen or mm -hmm. the flat print. Um, so that's part of it. And the second thing is I'm pretty, well, I have a teaching background, so I'm in, in dancing background, so I can coach dancers into just about anything, <laughs> you know, that we need them to, to do. And so you combine that together and then you add energy to it and the right lighting and right this and the right that. And those moments are just like, it's their magic yeah. for the dancers. It's so um, awesome for me to feel like I can have that kind of impact on them. Um, and then I think the second thing is when I'm working with really, it's usually professional dancers um, on personal projects or on creatives where we go there emotionally. My personal work usually has to do with themes and narrative components. Um, not always fully storytelling, but got more elements going on in it. Um, and when I can, we set the stage and we set the, the groundwork for the, the movements and the, and the lighting and the, and the styling and the this and the that, and we just allow an artist to be in the space and really be non-judgmental way and just allow them to go there, the stuff you get is just, excuse my French here, I don't know if I'm allowed to speak it. it's phenomenal. <laughs> it's like, I think oftentimes with a particularly ballet dancers, but dancers in general, when you're working with directors and choreographers, they have specific things that they have to hit and specific, um, you know, you're going for this, you're going for that, is that good, where's my foot, where's my this, and the, all of that mindset is so permeating our everyday lives, and you, if you can set the stage and set the muscle memory and set everything to allow them to just be in the moment, the moments that you can create by that and the, the, the emotional content and the connection that you can get with them is just astounding. It's, it's, it's by far my favorite thing. Mm -hmm. It's by far, by far, by far. One of my favorite dancers to work with is, um, which I can't pronounce her name, it's ZJ. She just got promoted to soloist at ABT. Mm -hmm. And um, she, because I've worked with her a couple of times, and she understands and fully gets that I'm not going to ever have her look bad. So, and she shoots a lot, so she knows how to be in front of the camera, but she just will allow herself to go there and be in a space if we set the music the right way, we set the right piece, and we set this, and we set that. And then she just will, like, get in, and it's just like, oh, my God. I just, oh, my God. 
it's hard to shoot sometimes because it's like watching dancers on stage, right? Like, I just want to be you. <laughs> you feel overcome. Yeah, that's probably like hands down my favorite. Yeah. My favorite to shoot. For sure. Well, yeah, yeah I'm, it sounds like, I mean, you reminding dancers that they are artists, too, yes. which is, I think we kind of forget sometimes. Yeah. Oh, my God, Margaret, where they go, where you go, it's just, if you give yourself, just give you an opening, just give you a window to, like, really get in it and go there. Oh, it's magic. It's yeah. magic. Yeah. It's magic. Yeah. We are in not just bodies on stage. We are more than that. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boy. Oh, and that's just where it is. I mean, oh, next time, I, I swear, next time we do one of those, we have to have it on video or we have to have a live, a live event or something like that because to see these dancers there, it's just, it's magic. Yeah. Oh. oh, I think that, I, that, that, I think that'd be amazing. I think a lot of people would really want to watch it. I want to watch it. <laughs> I want to see, I want to see the magic happen. <laughs> Um, that's my favorite. That's yeah, that's great. Do you do you feel like you often? I mean, it, it sounds like you're such a natural nurturer in a lot of ways, um, especially in your teaching background. You know how to you know bring things out of people. Um, do you get first time models that are just terrified ever? <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, all the time, all the time. <laughs> Um, you know, yeah, the kids that come in and they haven't slept the night before because they're so nervous oh. and they don't know what to expect and that. Oh, 100%. Um, oh, all the time. <laughs> how, how do you, how do you shake them out of that usually? Oh, um, instantly, I hope. Anyway, um, the, anybody that comes into my studio, I'm a hugger. So that's the first <laughs> thing that happens. Um, and we get acclimatized to the space, and here's where this is, and whatever you need, and blah, 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 blah. Um, and I think that they start to get a sense of right away with me that, like, I know their world. I know where they're at. I know what that feels like. Um, I know every time I have to get, I change my hair all the time. Um, so I have to get my headshot done all the time. And I am actually one of the worst people to take a headshot from just for particulars on my face. Um, and every time I do, every time I'm in front of a camera doing a video or whatever, it takes me like 10 minutes to become comfortable. It's so yuck. And I'm like, oh, blah, blah, blah. like, I get my dancers inside out and backwards. I know what they feel like. I know what it's like to try to not know if they're going to look good, not know. I mean, and that's really what makes them nervous, right? They just don't know if they're going to look good. It's mm -hmm. all the first psychology of it is I don't know if I'm going to look good. And that's the first promise that I have. I promise you, I will not let you look bad. There's no looking bad in my world. I've got you covered from head to toe. Um, and we test a lot of things, and they see, we, I shoot other two computers, so they start to see right away the differences that it makes if we do this and that. And I'm like educating them as we go along so they really understand. And literally within the first five minutes of shooting, everybody's like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> But it's really hard to explain that to first-time people. And even at the end of shoots, I always tell people, it's like, if you can figure out a way to explain what it is to shoot, at least with me, I don't know what it is with other photographers, but at least with me, that, you know, everybody's really nervous, but, like, once you go through the process and you, like, it's really challenging at first to make your body do things that they need to do, but everybody gets there. And if you can just work that process for the first hour you start to get it and it's like a light bulb goes off and you call it the top moment oh she mm -hmm. pops she gets it and then stuff starts to fly after that right but there's no real you can't um 
there's no real side swiping it. You really just have to go, go like headlong first through the ick. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, like you get it. Um, and then I think once dancers start to get like one or two shots, we're like, oh, I do really look good. And oh, if I do what she tells me to do, it's way better. And <laughs> oh, I understand this. And, and then they just like, oh, okay. Right? It's, yeah. it's like that. But there's no, there's not really anywhere I've ever been able to figure out how to dispel that nervousness before they come in. It's sort of something that just generally happens. Every dancer's different, but it's usually somewhere within headshots, it's within the first five minutes, and they're like, oh, okay, I got this. She's going to tell me exactly what to do, so I don't have to be like, oh, I don't know what to do. Um, and then with the dance, when we get into dance shots, it's once they start to see how it works, once they get the method, like can only really call it the method, once they get it. And I feel like we keep coming back to patience. It's, uh, it sounds like just, especially for young dancers, like it's it's might not be the first shot. <laughs> As I was telling the dancer I was working with today, by the time we got to her arabesque, she's like, oh, within five shots, I don't ever like my arabesque, but I like my arabesque. And I said to her, you see that I built this, much like a good teacher builds their class from the beginning to the end, right? I build the shoes like that. So I'm conscious that the first shots, I'm building this technique with you. I'm building that thought process with you. I'm getting you to look at things differently. I'm doing this, I'm doing this. So zigzagging through, and it's not like there's no one shot ever that just happens okay, occasionally, but it, you know, we build shots. We don't take shots, we build shots. And you have to have the patience. That is the key word that you use there. You, 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 um, you have to have the patience to do it 30 times until you get it right. It's like with any piece of choreography, you start with the feet and the footwork and the patterning, and then you grow it, and then you add the arms, and then you add the head, and then you add the intention, and then you add the partnering, and then you add the groups. And you know, you don't just like boom, and here it is. Mm-hmm. Good photography doesn't work like that either. Yeah. So yeah, patience is so critical. And that, that sounds like a great piece of advice for emerging dance photographers too, is not to, I mean, dan- dancers can are capable of a lot of great things, but not to expect the world immediately i think is important i think that is so huge i think a lot of uh new dance photographers say okay i'm just going to work with this dancer and because they're a dancer they're just going to do amazing things in front of me and again that's not the case so you have to have patience and that would be my 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 biggest um suggestion for emerging dance photographers is to shoot a lot and have a lot of patience and to not just assume that because you did one shot and it didn't look good that you throw it out and go on to something next. You need to work it and work it and work it and work it. I like to tell them that in the beginning, now I'm much faster uh, and I'm getting faster every day because I see new tweaks and oh, I know your body, this particular body type, this is what you need to do. This particular body type, this is what you need to do, kind of thing. But in the beginning, I'm already taking me a half an hour to 45 minutes to get one shot. So patience, patience, patience. They tell um, the photographers that come to my workshops to think about if you have a two-hour session with somebody, your goal is to get three good shots. Mm. That's it. Three. Not ten, not twenty, not a portfolio. Three. You're lucky if you get three good shots. And then you'll get faster Mm. from there. That's great. Um, It's almost audition season, in fact. (laughs) Do you have any advice to, which is shocking, the months are flying by. Um, do you have any advice for dancers on how to get a great shot to submit? Like what they should be, what what you look for with the dancers you work with um, when they're heading out into the world, trying to get the jobs? 
Yeah, yeah, uh, lots. <laughs> Tons of stuff about this on my blog, you guys, if you really need help with that. I write about this and do videos about this all the time because I'm so passionate about you guys getting jobs. Um, but if I could give you like two or three good points, uh, you really need to work with it where possible because it's not always possible and I get that. Um, but where possible, work with a photographer who either was a dancer or has a ton of dance background. Um, it makes all the difference. And for summer intensives, it's less critical. But guys, you, if you're, um, for those that are trying to get a job, you've just spent 10 years of your life and 40 hours at a, at a studio a week and probably 100 to $200,000 of your parents' money. It's not, your audition materials is not a place to spend. Mm -hmm. It's like we're, we're it's, it's how we get into auditions now. You know, remember when we were auditioning, maybe you didn't have to audition, I had to audition. <laughs> no, I, I had to audition too, <laughs> most definitely. <laughs> uh, and you showed up with your pictures mm -hmm. and you went through dance magazines and you found the auditions and then you just showed up, like open cattle calls, right? Mm -hmm. Now they just have to have, they can't even get into the auditions oftentimes without sending in pictures and videos. Um, so you can't even get your foot in the door if you don't have your materials that like really have you stand out. Yeah. Um, so I really strongly suggest that it's not like it's not the place to skimp. It's the place to like go out loud on your lead to the best of your ability, mm -hmm. whatever is within your means and your location and, and budget and that kind of thing. Um, I think that um, knowing how to be in front of cameras is really important, especially when it comes to your audition photos. So for those that are not right there yet, it's a good idea to start that process and start that learning curve in advance, right? So I love it when I see dancers coming in, even for like little short shoots um, throughout the year, so they can become acclimatized to how to work well in front of the camera. Um, but if you don't have that opportunity, then I think that having as much patience with yourself as possible and bringing a friend who has a good critical eye um, is critical mm -hmm. um, to making sure that you're really like you're dotting every I, you're doing it again and again and again and again. Far better to have two amazing pictures to send in that are going to be like, oh, let's put it on the S pile, right? Rather than having, you know, 10 shots that you took in an hour that none of them are really quite exactly the way you want them to be. Yeah. Plus, you want to have confidence in them, right? You want to be able to walk into your audition and say, here's my headshot and my arabesque, or here's my headshot and my body shot, or whatever it is. Um, and be proud. Mm -hmm. And to be able to, like, you know, when you walk into that audition and your makeup looks just right and you're wearing the right leotard and, like, all the psychological forms, you had the right breakfast that day, you went for yoga the day before, whatever it is that sets you up properly for that audition, to put yourself in that space, to be able to walk in with your shoulders back and, your, you know, the, the, the body language that indicates you are ready mm -hmm. for a job and then hand in pictures that you're like, oh, but I don't like high school in that or, oh, I thought that it wasn't as turned out as I could have been, you know, like, oh my God, what a way to kill it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As, as, as you said, basically nowadays pictures are, are your first impression. Like that's the first impression. It's not the them seeing you anymore, really. Like, because a lot of companies I know now too are doing, some will have big auditions, but a lot of them, you know, there is official places that I, I know from a lot of the PDs here at PNB, it's, they have to go to the website and there's like a spot on the website now that's super official and they, 
you know, send us these photos and you'll be, you'll, we'll see if you're invited to take class or invited to this audition. Like you said, like it, it, a lot of that is invitation only now. So that's, that's your shot. That's your initial chance to be seen and welcomed or not welcomed into that. So, right. which is <laughs> harsh. For the most part, you can just assume that most companies are under budgeted and understaffed and to be mindful of the fact that whoever's looking at your pictures is probably looking at a gazillion of them. Um, and they're probably wearing three other different hats and are running into teach over here or running into, you know, this and that over there or they're in the marketing, you know, they're all over the place. And you really need to make sure that you're respectful of their time and energy, I think is important, you know. And I have, when I'm looking for new assistants and we put out a call, the applications that come in that, that they don't bother to write like a little cover blurb, I, we don't even open their resume. Hmm. The ones that come in and the blurb is like three pages long, I also don't read. Yeah. It's like, listen, I don't have any time. Those that write short and sweet, oh, I saw that you're looking for somebody. I went on your website. Oh, my God, I love your work. I so want to work with you. Boom, they get a call. Right, short, sweet, to the point, but respectful of their time. It's also the same, I think, with the videos and photos that you're doing. That you know, they are going to look at six, seven hundred of these things. They've got to be. You've got to be able to stand out and be respectful of your time, and not have them go like, I "Can't see her." If the skirt was off, it would be better. Maybe if it wasn't outside, you know, like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Thing. So yeah. Yeah, it's important. Um, and so to take a quick moment, you mentioned, <laughs> to do a plug, you mentioned you have a blog. Um, if people want to do a workshop or work with you on, you know, here we are again, almost at edition season. If people want to book with you, how can they get the, all that information? Oh, you can just go to our website and our blog is attached to that. Um, so it's richlevel.com and all the information's on there. But uh, people reach out on Instagram, people reach out on Facebook. Um, I am so lucky, so lucky to have an amazing team. So wherever you reach out to us, we'll, we'll, we'll find your information for sure. That's yeah. great. All right. Well, I really am so excited to move on to what I feel like is the main event of our conversation, <laughs> because I think this project is so incredible. I want to talk about Move the Vote, um, which is featured a lot on your Instagram right now, um, but also has its own profile, Move the Vote, or at Move the Vote on Instagram, also has its own website. Tons of ways to find out about this, um, but I, let's talk about it because uh, this is a moment we've talked about your success as a dance photographer, your success generally with education and dancers, but um, this is a really personal project um and this is a bold project um you made a really brave move in um taking on such a huge endeavor and um i want to talk about what inspired such a large action really my dancers and my daughters right um so coming back to our uh, coming back to the 2016 election and taking my my kids who were very young at the time they were three and six, uh, to vote for what we all thought was going to be, or many people thought was going to be the first female president, um, and having that not be the case. And uh, the reaction that we all had, I'm sure, in many different parts of the country, but for me, regardless of policy, regardless of, of uh, partisan back and forth thing and, and all that kind of thing. Uh, it was 
very difficult for me to have someone be in the highest office in the land who would treat women. Um, the, with with the, the things that we've heard about um, and many other um, demographics in that way, um, I don't really want to repeat this on a podcast, but like here it is. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah you know, that's can't have somebody in awful that says you can grab them by the pussy. I don't care if that was locked in banter. I don't care. Yeah. Right. Um, I have two small children, and they're both girls, and that's just not acceptable to me. So I spent a long time coming to terms with that, and not really coming to terms with that. Um, and then over the course of the last two years, so many dancers have come in, and they're just expressing their emotions and their and their dismay at what is going on. Again, regardless of Republican, Democrat, isn't it? I mean, of course, there's policy implications here that um, we may or may not disagree with, but uh, it was just literally the social activities that were sort of unleashed by electing um, this president. Uh, that was very difficult for, for, for me, for my staff, for, um, for all the dancers that I've been working with. Um, you know, the, the, um, just the things that we're seeing on a daily basis coming down the line, you know, New York being a haven for um, uh, for a long time for um, people of different demographics to feel safe and comfortable to live here who no longer did so. Uh, were able to do so through being called names on the streets and, and being harassed and, um, you know, the escalation of, of, of the acceptability of treating women in some of the ways they've been, well, that we've always been, right? But it just seems to, there's been an escalation, it feels like. And everybody's coming in with the same stories over and over. And really, it was like three months ago, uh, having a project in mind to express my frustration and my upset, um, you know, I think creative people in general have always done this. Um, the, I just felt like I needed an outlet to do that. And we had this project, you know, I was sort of thinking about it for quite a while. And then uh, I took a workshop in July and they were talking about personal projects. And I was like, oh, maybe this is the time to do this. Oh my gosh, maybe this is the time to do this. Midterms are coming up. Oh my gosh, how many people voted in the midterm last time? Holy crap, we've got to get this. So then the, the, it, it sort of escalated. And we did, uh, we did a test run literally the next day, just had a shoot coming in the next day. And everybody's reaction to it as, like, I came up with the concept and the idea and we, we shot a test round of it. The next day, and everybody's reaction was like, we were all blown away, and oh my gosh, yes, we need to do this. And we did another one the, ne the next day um, with Emily Garrity of um, Solish with City Valley. So much power to her because she didn't know what she was walking into. <laughs> <laughs> and she was uh, on board with it immediately, and, and, that, and, and working on it with her was really what launched it. It was like, all right, now we're really going. Um, and it just sort of grew out of proportion at that point. I thought, honestly, I thought we would do 20 or 30 dancers in the city, and then they would put it out there, and maybe other people would take up the call, and that would be it. And it just kept going and going and going and going and going, and the stories that these dancers have been telling, and the, the vulnerability that they have all had, and, the, and it has just been um, such an honor. That's the only word I could use. It's just been such an honor mm -hmm. and a privilege to be able to give them a voice, to yeah. speak their truth, and to speak 
what's important to them um, and to help them to affect change in their worlds. It's just, it's honestly, it's, it's, it's been such a ride for sure. Yeah. It's, it's a really amazing thing that you've given dancers the platform to feel safe in having these feelings. Like we are welcome now to share that. Um, as a part of this by joining this movement that you have created. And I think for a lot of, um, you know, young dancers and young artists in general, um, I know we've talked about this earlier, but, um, you know, it's the history of art um, in a lot of ways has been a political one. Um, you know, there's been most huge moments of civil unrest have had um, the presence of an arts community, you know, stepping up and saying, you know, um, I don't feel good about this and I'm going to use my art to express that. Um, it goes back, I mean, <laughs> I can't even think of, you know, when art hasn't been involved in trying to create social change or, um, and so I think, you know, we entered a certain generation of that kind of disappearing and it's it's exciting to see that come back again that feeling um because it's not a it's really not a new thing it's it's the um the revival of a old wonderful exciting um important thing that you know to be an art to be an artist is to be you know someone that expresses themselves and should be you know, should feel safe to express themselves about what they're genuinely feeling about the world that they're living in. That's, mm -hmm. that's real. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and for dancers, you know, we're looking at so, somehow we're a really great, um, a really great group for this to be happening with somehow because it, part of it is counterintuitive in the way that dancers are generally silent, you know, we're supposed to be silent, but at the same time we're, we're dancers tend to be, we are very sensitive and uh, generally very thoughtful people. Um, and what we do is very personal, you know, it's, it's what our art involves all of us. And it's, it's literally us, like our art is us. And so it actually makes a huge, even though um, when you first think of it, like, Oh, but dancers never speak. <laughs> per se, um, it actually makes perfect sense to have this um, because we are our art, we are our feelings, we are, you know, a product of our environment. So, um, yeah, mm -hmm. it's great to see you demonstrating that in this really, I mean, and, and these, these images are really beautiful and they're so striking. I, I, could not believe when I saw the first one because I, I had already been following you on Instagram for a long time. And I still remember the first one popped up. I was like, oh my, what is this? I was just so, the, the reaction was really visceral for me. And then I dug in and was like, oh my God, this is an image that speaks to any feelings of unrest I've been feeling since that moment that you talked about where, you know, I, 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 I will, you know, again, regardless, people have their varying opinions. Not everyone might agree with, you know, you, our politics, you and I. Um, but for me, just sharing this experience, I remember the night 
that the results came in. I was still awake. I was with one of my best friends um, in an area of Seattle that is considered like a very diverse area, but also is particularly LGBTQ friendly. And I remember we just wandered out onto the street, like just kind of in the days and just looking for other people to share that with. And I can't even count how many hugs I had with complete strangers. And so seeing that image, like kind of immediately spoke to that feeling of like, whatever I was feeling at that night of like, what is, what's, what's going to happen and how do I feel about this? And how do the people around me feel about this? It was like a way to channel that into something definite through this Mm -hmm. photograph, you know? Yeah. I think that's really, that's really what's happened. I think you put that red, um, I know a lot of people actually ask me, I'm going to digress for just a quick moment. I, a lot of people ask me, what's the deal with red? And I, I actually had a little bit of pushback on the red um, from a lot of people, actually. But the red, to me, is that feeling, exactly of what you're talking about, wandering around and going, what just happened? And it's literally, it's my hand over my mouth. It's my hand over my mouth. What? Uh-huh. It's also, I think, we chose red because it's powerful and it's strong. Um, and it was also my intention to have every dancer pick up my, pick up the baton and, and, and go with this. You know, every dancer has a red lipstick that they can use easily. Yes. Um, but, uh, and so each dancer that has come in, and they, it's immediately transformative, actually. You put that red on, and everybody's reaction is, whoa. And then they're like, they stand up and they're straighter. And it's mm-hmm. a little bit like, here's what it is for me. And then we write the words on their bodies. And it's even like, I have to tell you, the shorts are, the, the shoots, rather, are really short. Um, and they're powerful and you know it doesn't take three hours it literally it takes us about 45 minutes to get them set up and then 15 minutes to shoot it because then the minute they they're literally transformed they're literally like going to that space of vulnerability and feeling and it's like it's immediate it's immediate with everyone it's been so amazing that they it's like almost everybody goes to their exact moment like what you just were talking about mm-hmm. and uh, and in a feeling that they had or an experience that they've had in the last two years and it just comes out of everybody's wish it's amazing it's been amazing yeah 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 it's, it's an interesting idea to think you know i have i have you know all these words that are written on people's bodies are words that they've had inside of themselves like they're words that have been coming to mind but maybe you couldn't make their way quite out of their mouths and all of a sudden, but there they are in their bodies and they're for us, our bodies are our tools. So it's, there you go. (laughs) Just explodes out of you. Um, How does it feel to see so many dancers embrace this? Cause I, you know, can you, can you talk about what you thought the scale of the project was going to be and now what it has become (laughs) and like how, how that feels to you? I a little bit wish we'd had two more months, to be honest, because I think, I, I think it, 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 like with any campaign now, I kind of understand how to do a campaign, right? Um, so it took a little while for the ball to roll, but like, you could have pushed the ball and roll down the hill, and it was just like, now I feel like it's really rolling down the hill. Um, so it's been incredibly empowering. It's been, the whole process has been incredibly exhausting because we're like, this is all outside of the business, right? So this is all on our own time and our own, uh, like out of our own pockets and like everybody here is working crazy. 
to, to do this because we're all so passionate. So it's really empowering for us. It's gratifying. It's, um, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Um, and it's just so wonderful to see so many dancers stand up and want to participate, to want to voice their, their feelings and their thoughts and their emotions and how can I get involved and when can I take a picture and oh my gosh, everybody I know has done this, now I need to do this, right? Um, and I think, I think there was a little bit, there was a, a hesitation at first because at first the image is like you're not really understanding what's going on or why we're doing it in the minute. I explain, everybody's like, oh, I want to be involved. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I think if there's any part of this that I could get dancers to take away from after November 6th and maybe, if, you know, it needs to be after 2020, um, is to be able to use their voices, to be able to feel like they have voice, to be able to listen, here's the deal. Dancers are hot on Instagram right now. Everybody <laughs> wants you, right? Let's capitalize on this. Let's use your voice. Let's speak. Let's speak to the things that are important to you. Let's, you know, celebrities do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Dancers do not. Are we all afraid for, I'm speaking to myself as a dancer, but I'm no longer um, Are we all that afraid of our job, losing our jobs and, and uh, maybe not, but it's like it's, using the voice is not habitual, right? Mm-hmm. And there's some something that uh, you know we, of course, grow up in a studio where we're analyzing and we're cut down, and it's tends has a tendency to be a negative environment, and and you're not allowed to speak in class unless to ask a question, and, and certainly in rehearsals the same way. And no, we don't get we, we're not taught to use our voice. But so I guess my wish is that if dancers would take anything away from this, that they have a voice, that they can have an impact, that they can speak out and speak up, and it will have a substantive effect and not just flitter away into the ether. Um, That's my hope. Yeah. For sure. And I I think... You know, it's important to, you know, again, you and I have shared our our feelings about, you know, (laughs) the political climate that we're living in, but on the basic level, again, regardless of your politics, regardless of how, you know, who you are voting for, what you're voting for, the core message here is to vote. Um, Because move the vote really on a basic level doesn't say move the vote this way, (laughs) this direction. It just says vote like it is <laughs> and that's something i think a lot of people um unfortunately take for granted especially a lot of young people and that's something that that's one of the reasons i felt so impassioned to get involved myself you know from afar from from opposite end of the country was the fact that you know i i know i have um a lot of a lot of young people following me um a lot of millennials following me on Instagram in particular, and I know you do as well. And and it's really, um, you know, I I share my thoughts about how I, you know, what I, why I vote, which I think is a really amazing thing that you've involved in this project is, you know, what moves you to vote. That's really important to take stock of like, yeah, what, what, how do I feel? And I, I, and I share that and we all share that it's a part of this project, but the, the really core level is, I don't even, you know, whatever you're voting for, it really doesn't concern me. That's your business, but vote, you know, this is your right as we are, you know, 
lucky to live in a country where we have a democracy that allows us to have this voice and to not use it is a terrible thing because there are people, you know, there are areas of the world that people do not have that right and they wish they did. And, you know, don't, don't, a lot of what's coming out now in the, you know, all the things, rock the vote, move the vote, you know, the, there's a huge uprising of organizations trying to get young people in particular to get out there and feel um, empowered with that right is, you know, um, don't complain, vote, which is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so true. And I think, I think, uh, I, I think back to the time when I turned 18 and, and started voting, and I do remember, I distinctly remember, okay, I'm going to go and vote because I'm supposed to go and vote, but it, I didn't really feel like I would have an impact. I didn't really feel like it would make really, at the end of the day, any difference if I was going to vote or not. And I think I look back on my time at, at that age and think that, and, and, and put myself in the millennial shoes, you know, like I'm going to have to day off of work or I'm going to have to, you know, it's going to take an extra two hours out of my time or I'm going to have to go stand in line or this and that and other thing. And all in the end of the day, I live in a blue state anyway, and it, my voice is not really going to be heard because I still live in a blue state. Or, you know, if you live in a red state or you live in a red state and you're blue or you, or vice versa or whatever it is that, mm-hmm. that really that your voice doesn't, you know, it's like a drop of water in the pond. But us, all of us forgetting that all the drops of water make up the pond. Mm-hmm. And it's, the you know, I think that at the very least at this point in time, listen, here's the stats, you know, like 48% of eligible voters did not go to the polls in 2016, 48%. That's a a huge amount of people. Huge. And it's, and it's typically about 20 to 30% less for midterms. So here's the thing that I keep thinking, you know, I'm sorry, no matter which way you vote, red or blue, it doesn't matter to me, but at this current point in time, the state of not just the United States, but the world, and the way they look at us, and the you know, things that we believe in, our core values, you know, we have, sort of have to show the world that we don't stand, that, that, that this is not okay. And we do that by going to the polls in giant numbers, regardless of whether we, we switch the or, or we flip the house or the senate or whatever it is we do we go to the we, we go to voice our opinion so that the world at this point in time knows that we are not okay with their for the stand yeah. and we can only do that by numbers yeah the only way we do this is by numbers so we all have to take we all have to step up yeah. Well, and it, it gets us, I mean, the respect of the world, too, for, again, like you said, regardless of which way you're voting, to demonstrate that we are a nation of people that care about our country. You know, either you care on the blue side, you care on the red side, whatever it is, um, you know, we are a nation of people that um, value our right to vote, and we get out there, and we commit to the things we care about, regardless of what they are. We are out there committing to that. So that, that speaks volumes for us too. And I think people, a lot of people don't think about that, you know, that, that just, just showing up is really important. Really important, right? It really, you know, it just, 
just really important. And not to mention that, you know, ladies, 100 years ago, we didn't have the right to vote. So let's not, <laughs> not use it, please. I remember I passed a shop window in um, London and they were selling um, replications for an anniversary of uh, suffragette pins. And it was kind of like this really sobering moment of just staring at this little pin and like, oh my God, that's really wasn't very long ago that, you know, I would not have had the right to feel however I feel, you know, in, in a way that mattered. And yeah. that's the thing, like, we, we can all feel things very genuinely about our country. And act, this is your way of expressing that, whether whether it feels small or not, like it, it, it still matters. And also people have made it so easy now, which is the other thing, like, I, I still remember when I I registered to vote. I mean, I can't remember what year this was a long time ago, but, um, you know, rock the vote was, has been around for a while and I did it through that. And it was like the more archaic version of like, they have like a million things now was like the ground level rock the vote situation. But even then it, I could not believe how simple it was. It took me no time. I still, to this day, like years a year, every time there's election, I get a little text message, you know, reminder, like, mm -hmm. The, these elections are coming and, you know, and it's a reminder too, like, yeah, elections are coming. It's not just presidential elections that matter. Every single election counts because it affects, you know, it, it affects, it affects you on a, you know, a nationwide level. It affects you on a state level. It affects you on a city level. It affects you on a neighborhood level, really like voting. Yes. A lot of things that yes. a lot of propositions that come up are, you know, within your, whatever your small community is, it's issues that are affecting just specifically where you live. And it's, it really has, I mean, there are so many, <laughs> I just on Instagram alone, there's so many accounts that have just like, click this, you know, click this link and we'll register you to vote in two minutes flat. You'll have everything you need. Also, a lot of states are doing mail-in ballots too. Like that, that, that's what my husband and I get. You just then ballot right to your door. You fill it out. You put it in the envelope. You don't even have to pay postage. You put it in the mailbox at the end. It's just, it couldn't be simpler. So to not, to not do it anymore is really, you know, there's not a lot of excuses <laughs> not to vote, really. Like, I, I personally can't think of any, especially if you feel passionately about what's happening, you know, in your community, in your country. It's, right. you've got to right. just do it. <laughs> you just have to do it. You just have to do it. You know, what's the alternative is not living in democracy. If we can keep that in the back of our mind, right? Yeah. What is the alternative yeah. to not living in democracy? Yep, it's the power to the people feeling. <laughs> um, have you, um, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure this has come up because you are being brave and sharing, you know, some of your own opinions too and sharing, and also, you know, these are, these dancers or images are being, you know, they, they want them to be as on these pages as part of this campaign and it's their right to feel how they, they feel. Um, have you received any pushback about oh, sure. <laughs> I, I yeah I, I cannot imagine you know anything morally political gets pushed back but um how how do you you know in those moments what keeps you going and what keeps your focus yeah um listen all you have to do is watch the news every day or read the new york times uh have an online subscription um, subscribe to our posts, please. Newspapers, so important. Journalists, support them, please. Um, and it's like every other day there's something else. 
you know, every other day, okay, and what happened today, and what happened today, mm-hmm. and what happened today. Um, uh, it, it's really not hard to keep going. We've lost a significant number of followers. Totally fine. Mm-hmm. If this is not your cup of tea, you're probably not going to want to follow. I, I, I probably don't care. That, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, we've uh, we've had some emails. We've had some messages, right? Um, and it literally doesn't bother me. Um, it just, I think that everybody has an absolute right to their own opinion, and they have a right to their to their uh, to their way and their world and their bubble or not bubble, whatever you want to call it. But listen, here's the thing: I have, and I love my dancers. I love you. But I have two small children, and they're both girls, and this is not the world I'm interested in leaving them. Mm-hmm. I would like them to have fresh air and clean water um, when, when I'm no longer here. I would like them to be able to bring their kids up in a world where, you know, they can, they can have a life. Um, and so anytime I get some negative emails or negative comments or I see the followers ticking down, ticking down, I'm just like, listen, watch me do this. Just mm-hmm. watch me. This, this is this is this is for my kids. Yeah. And I uh, and I don't have any problems yeah. going forward from that. No. And and that's another thing that is your right as an American citizen, which is important to remember. You know, it's our right to vote, um, but it's also our right to freedom of speech. You know, and these accounts that people are following, I think sometimes um, people kind of expect too much in the way that they're forgetting the fact that this account is a person you know this is like oh, you're please. you yes. are you think i'm your entertainment huh yeah it, it, it's interesting because i mean even your per, you know your personal account which is like your professional account this is your business it's your name you know rachel neville photo that's that's you you know and so if people can't work out the fact that you know <laughs> this person's name is you know this this is a person's name this is what i want to talk about and this is what and and this is what you know this is what i'm for Mm -hmm. and um yeah and and that's just what it is yeah you you take the good with the bad Mm -hmm. but i think the response overwhelmingly has been positive Positive. yeah overwhelmingly Mm -hmm. and so for the the people that i am entertainment for and they don't agree with what I'm doing, that I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. I just feel strongly that my children need a world that they can live into. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to do everything I can to ensure that. Really. Yeah. yeah. And I, I know for me, I, I, I've been actually very surprised. I've lost followers for sure here and there when I make posts, but I haven't actually gotten any messages, which I'm, which I'm surprised, pleasantly surprised by. Um, but I, I always try to share my opinions in a, in a respectful way. Um, but they are my opinions. And, you know, it is, again, like the what moves me to vote. This is what moves me to vote. I'm not, you know, saying any of this in a hateful way. I'm saying in a way that expresses how I feel, you know, and expresses and, and details the things that I care about. Um, but I've, I've become, as anyone that is listening to this that follows me on Instagram from, and f- looks at my stories can see, like, I post, like, a crazy person about voting statistics and, like, go out and vote, like, almost, almost every day and sometimes up to, like, five to six to seven times a day I have a vote, like, just no matter what, just go out and vote, 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 vote. And it's funny, just yesterday, and it, which hit me in such a 
wonderful way because knowing that we were going to be doing this interview, I was looking at a couple of young dancers. I know their, their Instagram stories, um, one of which is um, just about to join the company. You know, she, she's just she's still technically a student, you know, but she's 18. She's and she made the story of like, I just voted, shows her little, you know, ballot that she got. And it was I never I am never going to ask her how she voted. I will never you know, it's not my business, but it just I, I couldn't believe, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, you know, it's like, you don't know if you had any hand in inspiring them to do that. But the fact that she was posting about it just made me like, oh, so happy, so proud. It's like, yes, 18 year old <laughs> lady, you have the right, like you're exercising that right. You're, you know, she, and I think it's especially exciting because it's someone that's right on the cusp of becoming a professional, like really entering the adult world. And that's one of the first things she did as someone that was entering the adult world was vote and she was so proud that she did it that she like posted about it it's like that's that's what we want more of um yeah because we we've talked about what are how what are we at percentage wise now for millennials that are not voting yes the latest poll that i just saw today i think uh oh i think i have it here actually says uh here it is millennials account for one-third of the eligible voting population. Um, and to date, um, or as of this poll, that last poll that I saw, uh, 28% of them have committed to voting um, next week. So it's like a third of the poll. That just instantly gives me like tight chest, like <laughs> palpitations. Because the clock is really, that the clock is really, really ticking. 28% is... It's a third of our population. An unbelievably small number, like, and a, a shocking number too. Um, we've, I, I mean, we've talked about like all the work you're doing, all the work a lot of people are doing to get the message out that you know this is coming. November sixth is coming quickly. Um, you know, we we went through the whole get registered thing, but now you know it takes the final action. Like even if you're, <laughs> you, you have to actually follow through. Um, and 20% is a, a scary small number. Yeah. Um, yeah. And especially when you think about, you know, I, I want any, <laughs> any person that falls in with, between this, you know, 18 to what is it, 35 that we're defining as millennials demographic that is currently listening to this right now, you all have to realize that this is going to affect your future the longest is this, at this point. We are the young voters, we are the young Americans. Whatever happens right now, we are the ones that are dealing with the consequences the longest at this point, not to be morbid, but you know, you know it's it's true. I mean, you see all of a sudden the fracking, the, the runoff from fracking is being allowed into the Gulf of Mexico. Who's gonna be directly relating to that? Well, you know, 20 years, you're not gonna be able to eat fish from the Gulf of Mexico because everybody, all the fish are killed or like, I don't, you know, I'm not a scientist. Um, I don't want to set up alarms, but like, yeah, it's, it's all these issues to think about long-term. And I I think that's kind of, you know, when you're young, (laughs) you're young, you're not thinking, you know, especially on the, you know, (laughs) initiation end of that list, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, you know, just entering society. Um, It's as a young person, it's not a first reflex to think about the gravity of politics, you know, on all, all areas of your life, but you know, they, these things really matter. And like you said, 20 years from now, 
you're going to be hopefully in a place that, you know, you're, 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 ha you have a real life that you're trying to, you know, th th you're not in the beginning stages anymore. You are living whatever life you have set up. And that involves, you know, how you're voting too. And that involves taking the time to vote. You know, you're setting up your future in the same way you would set up your future by going to college or by, you know, just getting an education generally or do it working that internship that led to that job. It's, your first vote is kind of that, you know, <laughs> in a way. So yeah. it's kind of, we, we have to wake up, we you know. To, we have to, we have to do better at having them understand that responsibility and that, and that their actions cause their lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, later on, we have, we have to do a better job of that as a society. I don't know what the answer is to that. It's more emphasis in school. It's, I don't know. It's not all just for today. Yeah, it's for yeah, 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 many years from now. Going forward, long term. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Oh goodness, God, it just stresses me out. Just <laughs> go out and vote, all of you. Go out and vote. Again, regardless of which way you vote, it's you have it. Do it. Just do it. It's a Nike thing. <laughs> I'm turning the I'm turning our voting conversation into the Nike slogan. Just do it. Uh, <laughs> Please, I'm begging you. We're we're begging you. When we started the project, we had we didn't know we were moving around with different hashtags and we didn't know what to call it and all that kind of thing. And we had an entire whiteboard with like anything that anybody came in with different hashtags. It was like femvote and um, and you know all kinds of like just not him vote like things that we could never say out loud. Yeah, things that were like women power or. It was like red lips vote, or like we had a whole bunch of different ones. And one of the ones that I put up, again, sorry if I'm not supposed to be saying this on the iPad, but it was like, just fucking vote. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just the sheer act of, yeah, just please. Um, <laughs> so, you know, again, November 6th is, it's coming up fast. Um, for anyone that's listening, anyone that's following um, everything that you're doing, what, how can we all continue to spread the word in your opinion? Oh, talk about this. Talk about it. Talk about it. Become educated in it. Read about what's going on in your area and what your different elected officials are for. Um, um, you know, of course, I would love everybody to help spread my campaign. It was a campaign for everybody, not just me. You know, take your red lipstick write on yourself, make a picture, post it, grab your friends and tell them to do the same thing, um, challenge people directly to do it. Um, I, I think if we take an action before we actually take the action, we have a better chance of taking that action. So sort of like getting people involved by taking pictures, we can all do this and mm -hmm. then you're more likely to actually step up and, and go to the polls. But regardless, you just need to, you know, put it in your calendar. What time of day are you going? Put it, like, Put it into your schedule. Don't let it slip by. Talk to your friends. Grab them. Make them go with you. You know? Mm -hmm. Talk to anybody on the street that you pass. Are you registered? Are you registered? Time passed to register, I suppose, now. But are you going? Are you going? <laughs> you know what I mean? Whatever you can do to, to keep the ball rolling. And mm -hmm. regardless of the results, next Tuesday. Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. Tuesday. Regardless of the, next, uh, of the next results, keep this going. You mm -hmm. know, 2020 is coming. 
Yeah. Yeah, there's more things there, to follow this one election, too. There's more things yeah. following, following this one. We, we all really, anybody that has done any uh, reading about this particular one knows that this particular election is very important. Um, perhaps most important one of our, my lifetime or our lifetimes. Um, so we're focused on this now, but there's so much more coming down the pipeline. So um, to keep spreading this awareness, to keep to keep going with this, I think it's just important. Just keep talking about it. Yeah. I think if you talk about it, it's in the line of sight. If mm-hmm. it's in the line of sight, it's taken care of. Yeah. Yeah, word of word of mouth is in, very important. I, I found myself, you know, as much as I'm, I'm posting on social media about it, I I just was just this past week. I remember turning to a couple of the younger company members, and I, I again, not even asking them their politics. I, I just they were talking about something related to this, and I said, "You're voting, right?" And they kind of like paused. I was like, "No, you're you're voting, right? Like you're gonna vote." And they're like, uh, "Yeah, yeah." But just like even to plan, yeah. But like even to plan the scene, I'm just like, I just need to take this moment to just say, like, "You're gonna do that, right? Like just think about it. Like, are you going to do this? Please, please do this." Yeah. Um, yeah, and and you have a great website set up too. So there's a lot of information people can find out. And I also love following um, the Move the Vote page too because you're sharing a lot of not only dancers, you know how they're how they're feeling personally and how you feel, but um, a lot of statistics too. And I, I think that's been an exciting thing too. Is um, education is important too. If you feel like you don't know enough to vote, I mean we're in, we're in an internet age. Do your research. It's really easy to do. Um, yesterday, really, really sadly, was um, the shooting that took place in Pittsburgh um, with the synagogue. And I, I it, it's funny, I had already been planning my next post for Move the Vote, which, you know, I'm, I've been sharing with each photo that I've posted, I've shared in one of the reasons that I vote. And one of the things that moves me to vote is gun control. And first thing I did was, you know, when I woke up in the morning, I couldn't believe I was laying in bed and I was I, look, I think I read like six or seven articles, all which were like short and really easy to read about, you know, from and, and from different places all over the world too. Um, gun control statistics, they're out there. Information is out there and it's not hard to find. So if you feel like you're, if you, if you feel like one of the things holding you back from voting is lack of information or you don't feel like you should vote because you're not educated enough, it's, it's super easy to get educated. Yeah. And we're living in a world where people are just trying to make it easier and easier for people to access that information. And there's, I I forget, I'll try to find it and um, post it at some point. There's, there is one, uh, an account on Instagram that's, you know, right. I think it's, it might be rise up and vote. I can't recall, but um, that is offering on their website, like just state by state information about different propositions of any and, and it's completely bipartisan but they're just they really want to make it easy for people to find out you know if, if again if what's holding you back is you feeling like you shouldn't be voting on something you don't know about there's pamphlets there's websites there's all you know <laughs> all these things to let you know about you know uh, the big issues the big people involved but also like the smaller local issues too the propositions that are happening like there's a ton of ways to get educated and there's a ton of ways to empower yourself yeah so um yeah uh i just i'm so grateful that you have done this um again you know for whoever is listening and has continued to listen as we had this conversation you know we have these are our opinions um again it's it's all right to have them you can disagree if you if you choose um but the the main thing i know we want to hammer home and that you want to hammer home is just 
vote. This is a bipartisan issue. Like, this is just exercise your right as an American citizen to vote and have your voice heard. So thank you for, you know, creating such a great way for us to talk about this, especially in the dance community. And I'm, I'm, as a dancer, I'm really grateful. <laughs> and I'm really grateful for you sharing your time with, with me and with uh, my audience to talk about it more. So yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, you can learn all about all of Rachel's work online. I'll continue posting about everything. Um, our beyond, at Beyond the Bar podcast page on Instagram will have more information on all of this. Um, and yeah, just get out there, vote, be empowered. Um, good luck to all of the dancers that are going to be auditioning for jobs that have hopefully learned some valuable information about that as well today. And um, yeah, Rachel, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. And guys, get out and vote. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bar. Until next time, I'm your host, Margaret Mullen.